0: what's going on man we're here now we live man <laughs>
1: that's good that's good
0: so i appreciate you coming in with this man i think this is a good idea for us to just be able to have a safe place for us as you know black men to be able to talk and, vent and you know discuss some things man so this is going to be the start of what's you know going to be a long and fruitful relationship so man i appreciate you
1: Of course, man. I I feel like this is much needed for a lot of people. And I'm glad that we have the opportunity uh, to be able to use it, uh, to be able to dialogue and keep the conversation going um, and learn from each other.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So, man, I want to ask you, man, with everything that's been going on, you know, with quarantine, man, what are, what are some of the things that you've been kind of trying to do? I know as a dad, there are a lot of things that you have a responsibility to do, but just as a, as a man, as a black man individually, what have been some things that you feel like you've been trying to focus on to keep yourself sane?
1: Um, to be honest with you, at this point, um, you know, 90 days into quarantine, what I've been trying to do as far as just for myself is, is trying to keep a positive mind open uh, because truthfully, it's a lot, it's a lot of things that you are responsible for that are not self. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, there's not too many outlets to go talk to somebody um, who's very, who's in a very similar situation because the time isn't there. Um, typically, you always tell yourself as a man, you know, you trade in hours for dollars, right? But you, mm-hmm. you always forget like everything isn't about money. There's there's still a a clear mental space space that you need that you need to address. So that's what what I've been focusing on is trying to find time. Um, to use my brain other than using it for a responsibility. So just trying to free up capacity. So that's just, that's where I've been at. No, man, I think that's
0: important. Cause I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, you can be productive, but you can still feel like you're not fulfilling what you need to do for yourself. And, you know, like I said, as men with all the responsibilities and things that are expected of us, sometimes it's important to just remember, look, you got a responsibility to yourself you know, and with all the uncertainty and, and all, like you were saying, in the efforts to stay positive, man, it becomes more essential for you to carve out space. And I think, you know, that us even having this conversation is important because a lot of men feel like they need to have places where they can vent, have conversations and and there not be any judgment. They just be allowed to just speak about how they feel. And it doesn't always have to mean more than what it is at that moment, you know.
1: Yeah, and you know it's a it's 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 twofold. You know, it's it's a, a, or even more than that, should I say? It's you know, yes, I'm a father. Um, yes, I'm a husband. Um, I'm also a son. I'm also a brother. You know, I'm also a friend. Uh, there's a lot of of you know avenues that I go down and relationships that I have that occupy time, um, and so that's that's pretty important to me to try to find ways to create time just for me. And I want other people to know that, especially men, you know, um, it's good for everyone. But, you know, at the time, it's good for men, especially black men, to be able to find time for them and find people in spaces to where they can dialogue and talk about things that are going on specifically with them. You know what? And that doesn't get talked about a
0: lot because we don't really get looked at as we like. And I say we as men, black men as if we have an identity. You know, people have a a perception of what black men talk about and what we think about. But, you know, they treat us like we're just a monolith. We're one big group. We're either talking about what they say would be hyper-masculine things. And the reality of it is, man, we're humans and we're people like everybody else. And sometimes you just need to be able to talk to someone. And, you know, social media is clearly not the place where you can do that because it's just a place of opinions and people's thoughts and however they feel and sometimes you need to just be able to say i don't feel this way i don't feel confident i don't feel nice i don't feel good i don't want to say it this way you just want to have a space and that becomes more essential because we're talking about mental health you know the the typical distractions that we that we as a culture are using are not really there you know sports may not be here this far you know what i'm saying and some of the outlets that we we typically can rely on they're not there so it just becomes more essential for like outlets like this
1: yeah and you know when we think of outlets you know i wanted to always use an outlet and i wanted to to speak towards that and outlets can sometimes become or some form of an excuse you know sometimes it's like some of these things we need to actually sit down and talk about. Some of these things we need to sit back and dialogue with each other. But we don't. Especially as black men, what we do is we kind of shove it off and yeah. go and go accomplish things that we can accomplish to build that, that mystique back up, to build up that, that confidence. And not all the times at work, it doesn't stick. There are days when you know, I'm beat down. There are days where I'm not mentally okay, you know, and I never knew how to express that. I never had anyone to talk about just speaking about myself. I didn't have, I didn't have a father in my home. I had a father figure when I turned 14 and not saying at that point it's too late because it was very impactful, but I have already learned the ropes of learning how to not communicate. So that's why I'm glad that we are learning that we have peers to reach out and talk to and have platforms where we can talk on.
0: And, you know, to piggyback off that, man, like, you know, my dad was there um, in my life, but I think the thing about it is they really didn't have the tools to teach us what we're learning now. Like, the, you know, these whole conversations about emotional intelligence and talking about how you're feeling and seeking out help, these weren't really things that were instilled upon us. You know, we were kind of given what they were given, which was how to endure know I'm saying how to push through things and you know always reminding yourself about your responsibility like they told us you know my dad always instilled in me the importance of responsibility and working hard but not really about asking yourself how you felt and and talking so you know what we're doing now these are these are new newer things and I think we got to give credit to that man you know black men literally in the span of five to ten years are learning how to do things that we haven't done for centuries. And and I think people have to keep that in mind and, and bear with us while we're doing it. And, and you know, we, as black men, we got to do the same with ourselves and understand it's it's not a perfect process, you know?
1: Yeah. And there's so many things to talk about with that. And we'll definitely get to that over, you know, over a period of time, but the, you hit it right on the head when you said that we're learning this as we go. And, you know, I can ask someone for patience, But I also believe I deserve patience Um, because, again, I'm only going to do what I'm learning and what I think is best. And the stumbles that I make, I'm actually going to appreciate those stumbles because I'll learn from them. Um, There's too many things right now on our plate to where the hardships that we face, we try to compare them instead of understanding that we're all facing them. And that we all can allow someone else to go through them and grow with them. So that's, you know, that's big, I think, especially for black men. Again, like you said, for the past 10 years, we've, we've grown and learned, but we're, we're living in a social media age where you can't, you can't grow. It's, you are something and you have to be that. And if you ever step out of that, you know, here it comes, you know, that's, That's something that we have to grow out of, especially as a community. You know, and
0: I think you hit it right on the air when you said that. It's like people really are allowing what someone tweeted or said, a snapshot of somebody's life to be a reflection of who that person is. And it just never is that black and white, man. It's a lot of nuance, and a lot of gray spots. And, you know, I say that just to say, unless you've had a personal conversation with somebody or, and really got to know them and really understand where they're coming from and their motivations, you can look at, you can look at it, but it's not accurate to look at something they said as a reflection of who they are. Cause we're all really literally works in progress. Like I never, I think Joey bad uh, made a tweet the other day and he just said, man, you know, people are canceling people as if we're perfect. And as if people aren't consistently learning and growing. And I'm like, man, if you were to take snapshots of everybody's career, there was a moment they regret and something they wish they could have done different. And, um, you know, you have to have, we, we say a lot about safe places, you know, for other groups, but we have to have a safe spot for us where we're able to say, look, bro, this is how I think. And somebody can say, look, man, I respect how you think that just may not be the right way to think, but I ain't going to counsel you for it. I'm not going to say, that you you know irredeemable I'm gonna say, yo bro, this is what I think you should look at, and I respect you as a as a human being, regardless of how you feel, you know
1: that's the only way we're going to prevent the stereotypical uh behaviors of us, so we are driving a machine, a family, a community, without knowing our own identity um as <laughs> black men right i i i I have a wife, I have two sons. I have to be the leader of the home. I have to be able to protect my family. But I also have to learn myself why I am doing that. And if I'm not given the space to grow and to be that, it's 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 not going to be it's not going to be healthy. I'm gonna to try to put on a front to accomplish something. And that's not organic. And I think as black men, we have done that for some time. And I think it's time that we change the narrative. We can control it. We can be who we are. We can be who we need to be. We just have to learn how to open up to each other so that we're able to go back to our communities and express what we've learned from each other. You know, iron sharpens iron. We need to to take on that. And I think that's that's something that, you know, I see in yourself and some other peers that we have. And I'm glad that that we are able to hold conversations like this. No, man,
0: I agree. And, you know, when you were saying that, it made me think about something. You know, there are no other, there there are no other leadership positions I can think of. There are so many others I can think of, rather, where a person's learning curve is factored in. You know, when someone becomes leader of the free world, we accept, like, you know, when President Obama was in office, we were like, hey, it's going to take him a minute to get the hang of this thing. He's going to make some mistakes, we understand. You know, and... I think being as being a dad and being a husband is one of the only ones that seem like as a black man where the learning curve isn't extended because maybe the stakes are so high. And you know, it's important it's important for someone who aspires to be a husband and aspires to be a dad one day that I can get your perspective on it, but then I can also remind you look bro, you you are literally doing what you have never seen done before and it's okay if it's imperfect because we have to have somebody to show us what it looks like. To say, hey, I stumbled, but I learned. But also the fact that you're willing to say, hey, man, I don't know everything and I'm willing to grow, but I'm still going to lead. I think, you know, that's my main thing. We got to allow people to be able to grow, but still allow them to lead. And if they make mistakes, you know, build that in, build that learning curve in. You know what I'm saying? If we want to build communities.
1: Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. It's position based that I believe that people allow people to grow and make mistakes. So you spoke of, you know, former president Barack Obama, you know, we give grace to that position. We say, Hey, you know, this is new upon someone, especially at the stakes that he is a black man becoming president of the United States, all that we've been through. So, Hey, listen, take this by the horns, make some mistakes, but we know your heart is in it. I think that it's the position and then the who, You uh, Sometimes you admire, so you allow. It's like your family. It's like you and your brother can have conflict, but you're going to ride with your brother. But sometimes a person on the street doesn't have that same leverage. And I think we struggle with that as a community at times is, hey, Black man, listen, you need to protect me, whether this be a child in the community, a woman in the community, or just a vulnerable, should I say that? Um, Yes. And it's like hey, I want to be able to protect you, but I don't know how. But because I don't know how, now you and I have some form of strife. And, you know, it's 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 because I'm not in a position of power. Although I do believe that, you know, a husband has power, a wife has power, the children have power, we just sometimes don't acknowledge how that power is and how it takes, you have to manifest that power into something else.
0: You know, and what you're saying is a valid point, and I want to get on that because I hear a lot of people talk about it. It's not to say it's not true. They, like, let's be honest. There are physical advantages that men have that women don't have. Biologically speaking, there are, you know, men have the ability to cause women harm physically on a, on a mass scale. Usually, you know, so black men definitely have a major role to protect the community and build it up. But you, we also have to acknowledge that a lot of times we are ascribing more power to, I will say that it seems as if black men are given more responsibility than they're given power. You know, when I look at the dynamics of communities and I look at who has higher employment rates, who has higher graduation rates, who, you know, has lower mortality rates, who has lower incarceration rates, it doesn't seem as if I have an advantage. It seems like me being here is an anomaly. You know, it seems like you being a dad, you know, I'm not going to say that's an anomaly because stats show that black men take care of their kids. But a lot of what we're you see the grief about is like, look, we are trying to change the dynamics to where black men have a more active role. But we also at the same time have to acknowledge the power we do have and work with what we do have. But I'm just what I'm more so saying is that we also have to acknowledge that a lot of what we ascribe it to black men as power is not really power. It's, it's, we want this, we want you to be responsible for this, but I don't know if you actually have the power to change this. And that's not everything, but some things I feel like we get the responsibility, but we don't have the power to control. You know what I'm saying?
1: And, you know, the responsibility is given um, as we circle back here, it's like, you're giving me the responsibility, or I have the responsibility to do this. So allow me to do it. Mm. And, um, I had troubles, and you know, and just speaking about like being a husband. Yes, it's. I'm, I'm married to a black woman. Um, yes, you know, my wife is a a very smart, educated, um, college graduate. She's what we would want our black women to be, and mm-hmm. all black women are great. This is not yes. saying one is higher than I the say,
0: other. You're not no. college educated. You're not worthy. Yeah. That's not. What we say.
1: So there's an expectation of, hey, I would like my husband to lead this way. We've had conversations where I understand that you would want someone to lead one way. I respect that you want someone to lead one way. But I still have to lead my way. That's it. That doesn't diminish anything that you bring to the table or that I bring to the table or that we experience. And over time, you know, we've grown, we've learned and it has, it has turned out well in that particular space. But when you have great responsibility on you, you have to be given the opportunity to take care of that responsibility. And if you're not, if you are not going to allow me to operate in the power to take care of those responsibilities, we're all going to crumble. Not just me, not just us, but all of us. And that's family structure. That's that's the structure that I believe that men are are given to to take care of, and we all have to learn from that.
0: I agree, and I you know to piggyback off that, I like we were saying about positions and titles. We part of that. What I mean by the whole learning curve is accepting a person is going to learn to lead as they go and then giving them the autonomy to say, look, make decisions. And if you fail, I'm not going to crucify you about it, but you got to be teachable. And then, but there also has to be a certain part where I have to understand you leading means I'm not in control. That's the very nature of it, you know? And, I'm not going to say women, men, I'm gonna say people, we have a thing about control. We, we always want to feel like we're being led that the person is leading us safely, but that's the risk of leadership as well. There's a blind part of it where you have to have faith that this person intuitively knows something you don't. And, you know, I think the thing about relationships that make it so contentious in our, in our, you know, um, community is just that we have a distrust of each other's leadership styles and so we tend to overreach on e- on each side, you know what I'm saying? And you just have to understand every relationship works different. There are some, you know, relationships where different mates have different skills that put them in positions to lead on different things. But you still have to allow people the, t- the autonomy and the space to do things, make mistakes, and say, hey, look, this is my job to pick up where you left off. But now if it's becoming too one-sided, then that becomes a conversation, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and you know... Um, one thing that I've learned over the years now that i'm thirty two still young uh one thing that I've learned that has helped me is is understanding that my way isn't the only way, mm. and that the value of my way isn't diminished if it isn't used um mm. and 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 it's sometimes it's it's be- it's easier to lead it's easier to lead when you have confidence in. A person not following but understanding your intent. Right? Yeah. So um I'm going to lead my family the best way I know how with the best intent. That's not me saying that I'm going to do it right. And once you have that understanding with your partner or whoever, even if it's just in a business relationship, um, there's a there's there's value in that. There's 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 great value in understanding that. Leadership doesn't mean that I'm better. Leadership doesn't mean that I'm first. Leadership just means that I'm willing to take on the brunt force of of this not working. Mm-hmm. I we, we can share the success. That's not my concern, but I'm trying to make sure that, that that the brunt of the failures that I'm able to take on to protect the investment that we have.
0: Correct. You know, and what you just said about the intent is important, man, because that's really all it comes down to. My intention is for us to be safe and to be successful. But in the event that we fail for as a result of my doing or fate's doing, I'm protecting you from the brunt of it. And that is that is in a crux leadership. You know what I'm saying? And I think you have to build in that even knowing what to do sometimes does not you know, you can't control every aspect of life that's the uncertainty of life but being able to understand what someone's intent is knowing that this person was always trying to put you all first and that they're willing to absorb the brunt of it you you have no choice but to respect people like that you know it's not to say bad things won't happen but you know I liken it to like a lot of the things that you hear people say you know like I remember (laughs) Yo Gotti's new song he's like a boss has to make sure that all the players you know on the team eat and they lead them to the very end and That's really it. If you're a leader in your relationships and your job and your, you know, in anything you're doing, you're taking the brunt of the risk and you're telling people my intention is to protect you and to make sure we're both successful. But I'm willing to fall on that sword. But I need you to trust me and I need you to give me the space to to make decisions that you may not always see. You may not always see how far this can go. And it doesn't mean that. If I'm, if, if I'm wrong, it doesn't mean I didn't value your opinion, but I needed to have confirmation in my mind that this was the wrong decision.
1: You know, sometimes I, sometimes I talk to my wife about the differences between men and women, um, whether we're in a relationship or just natural conversation. And I liken it to like the political world, right? Um, mm-hmm. There was a point in time, late 90s, we were young, early 2000s where you know Republicans and Democrats yeah there may have been a difference but there was still some sort of
0: common
1: ground and I believe when the world started to shift where there were solid lines drawn in the sand everything became extremes and that's how it is with you know men and women in our community Uh, we are actually closer than what we appear, what we appear to be online and social media, and some mm. of our, you know, little disagreances. And one thing, I one thing that I have really grown to do, which may not be the best, is I sit and listen, and I don't put too much input into things when dialoguing with with women, um, particularly our black women, uh, our black sisters. And I would like to dialogue more. But I want to make sure that I'm dialoguing with my brothers and making sure that we're holding each other accountable before we go into a conversation with with women and just speaking without speaking with how we actually feel and not just how it should be. Because that is typically how sometimes we uh, express things from a from a logistical standpoint,
0: you know. And that's an important argument you're making. And I'm because I got to tie that in. You know, I recently got into a bit of, you know, got into a bit of trouble because I was having a conversation with black women and they were saying, you know, I was telling them I was displeased with the volume of negativity that I hear and that I don't want to continue to be bombarded by it. And I understand how that sounds in retrospect, you know, for me to say, I don't want to hear about what you're going through is how that comes across. But what I was more so saying was, I'm aware of how bad it is for you. And I'm aware of what my responsibility is to do it. And now my next thing is I want to make action steps and to, to stay in a place of just focusing on how bad it is to me is not productive. And I feel like it has negative effects. That doesn't mean it's not necessary at times, but you know, I, for me, I feel like if we are the ones that are, that are being tasked to change it, then we should be focusing our actions on changing it because we've been told on every single platform and consistently, you know, as a whole that we need to change things. And we've been told specifically how we need to change it and what we need to do. So for me, I just say, once I know what I need to do, I need to focus on changing it. And I like to talk with brothers because I'm like, we're, we're being told we have to be responsible for that change. And there's very, that's very much somewhat of our responsibility. It's half our responsibility, you know? So I think it's important that men have conversations in our own silos because there's an assumption that we don't, but there is an assumption that we don't, and we really are having these conversations. And, it ties back this last point to what you were saying brothers have to have more iron sharpening iron conversations to make sure everybody in our crew is on point and we're holding each
1: other accountable you know account- accountability is it's a, it's a trigger word should I say you know because I believe in accountability but I also believe in that I can express to someone saying hey you played a part in this as well and where and where a lot of the troubles come in, and in modern day, should I say, is um, we we use we use terms that that are not productive, right? So if if I'm having a conversation, and this is how I truly feel, and you're telling me how you truly feel, and I don't agree, it doesn't mean that I'm dismissing it. It just means that I'm going to stand firm on what I believe. And when two men have this conversation, we generally are having it in a a way to where it's, hey, you stand where you stand, I stand where I stand, but I also know that I got your back, you got my back. Exactly. I think some of the troubles we have in our community is that at times, women don't feel as if we have their back because we don't agree, and I understand that. I want to be... I don't want to sound cheesy and say I want to be a better ally. I do, but I also want it to be a mutual understanding that we need to work on all of this together. You know what?
0: I think that's a good point you made. And it just made me think of two things. First, we need to reiterate, I'm not being dismissive and I'm not trying to, and if it comes off as me being dismissive or being condescending, that's not my intention. But when, when men say we do not intend to argue, we argue for different, we debate with different mindsets. Because like you said, there's an obvious dynamic with men when we debate to where it's like, after we've decided where we stand on this, there's no further conversation that could be fruitful. Because the intention is, if you don't respect where I'm coming from, it's disrespect, and that becomes a different conversation. But, you know, when we have conversations with women sometimes, with black women, and they say you're being dismissive or you don't desire to have a conversation, it's not that. It's I've decided how I feel about it, and even if I feel you're right, my next thing is, so what's next for us to do that's a concrete action? So it's not being condescending, but to, to, to add to that, the language is very important. Like you said, I always tell uh, my fiancé, "There's a when you say things like always and never, that never gives a person a chance to be anything other than what you've painted them. And too often, conversations, it feels as if we hear, this is what you all do. You do not do this. You you do not do this. And when you put such blanket, you know, I said all the time when black men say how black women are, it's a generalization and it's a reflection of the types of women they date. When black women say how black men are, it's not a generalization because enough people can identify with it. Right. And that to me is problematic because it's not that you don't need to point out the negative, but you need to explain. Understand that there are concrete actions being taken to change these things, but when you say never and always, that eliminates the object that eliminates the prospect of redemption, you know.
1: Yeah, I learned from a therapist, which I believe all black men should have the should look yes. into talking to a therapist and uh finding, way, finding out what resources they have to actually pay for it, because there's a lot of ways to pay for it, and um, it is that, I'm that's gonna very important. Something. But the terms always and never is used dramatically in a lot of um, relationships and marriage. It's it's always this. Women say men never do X, Y, Z. And men say women are always X, Y, Z. And mm. I had to learn that, too, because me and my wife went through a rough patch where she would say, you never clean up. Now, anyone who knows me is I may not clean up as much as I should but that doesn't mean that I never. And I will always tell my wife, "Hey, you're always uh spending too much or always complaining." And of course she isn't. But the language, you know, words have value. Words have weight. They do. words can can dictate how the conversation goes. And as black men, we should be very mindful of that. I will never tell a black woman how to a black woman how to be or how to think or anything of that nature of course but I also believe that one of the issues that we have as um, inside the black community is that we shy away from dialogue with each other because we're too scared to offend each other at times and we are much brighter we are much stronger and we are intelligent people to where we are not where we are aware that we are not out to do harm to each other as a whole um and when you limit com- when you limit conversation, you can sta- you can make growth stagnant, and there's not too many places where again, like you and I have spoke about, not too many places where men can talk, and there's not too many safe places where men and women can dialogue and it not come from a personal perspective yes.
0: Yes. You know, and I think to piggyback off that, I think it's important to say I'm big on not telling anybody how to feel, man or woman, you know, and I think that's important. So if, you know, a, a black woman feels as if I'm this way or I'm doing this, they definitely are allowed to feel how they feel. And it could definitely be valid. And I don't have an issue with saying, hey, this is how this came off and this is what you did. That's fine. You know, I think. Like, to a degree, I think there is a lot of policing of tone. I definitely think there have been times where I've been guilty of that as well. Um, But the only thing I say in every situation, when you're really trying to make progress, you have to really ask yourself sometimes, you can be right, but is being right on a moral, or I'm not going to say being right on a moral issue, but is being right more important than fostering? Productive, growing conversations. You know, you know that from being in a marriage and anybody that's been in a relationship, they'll tell you there are times where you're going to be 100% right, but badgering that person about it is not going to make any fostering environment. Sometimes people have to know, look, yeah, that person was right, but they didn't even make an issue out of it. They just told me, look, this is what I'm saying. Do you see what I'm saying now? This is what I need you to be aware of. And, you know, I never, I think it's important for us to be able to have conversations with men and women and we say, look, you have a, you are right. You are hundred percent right. You are a valid point. Now from here, I've already conceded that you have a point. What can we do next? And I think it's important for, for a dialogue to be productive to concede that a person has a valid argument. It's, you know, it's never really about, it's always about respecting these type of arguments and a form of respect is acknowledging another person's viewpoint as valid. And too often because of how black women have been silenced, I think they feel as if they have to drive home the point in so many ways. And I don't think what a lot of black women don't realize is black men have acknowledged that you all know the issue because the issue affects you and you're smarter on it. And you're smarter than us in a lot of ways. It's not really about trying to drive the the point home to us intellectually. Sometimes it's simply about saying, Hey, look, this is where I'm, this is what I'm saying to you. I understand what you're saying and where you're coming from. Look at it from this perspective. I concede that you've been working, but this is how we need you. this is where I need you to be. You know it's about conceding on both sides.
1: Perspective is a is a huge word, and mm. perspective typically leads to someone feeling dismissed, and that's where I want to become better even even in my communication like with other men, because I come from a community where this is how I am. This is how you are. We could do, we could do it two ways, right? We could either just turn our backs and walk away, or we could take it a route that neither one of us need to take it. Yes. Right? And so uh, perspective, again, is it's very important. I don't want to ever feel, I don't ever want anyone to feel like I'm dismissing their viewpoint, but I also want to be able to express that, hey, I feel this way and how I feel is valid. And I'm going exactly. to work on what I think is right for me at this particular time. That's not to say that yours isn't. But at this time, it's best that I follow what I think is right than to just follow what you're telling me and my heart is not into it.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I think we have to stop nostalgicizing the past we have never historically agreed on the same things. You know, we're not, you know, we all came from different parts of, of, you know, Africa. We've been tribalistic since we got here. We have never agreed on all of the same issues with all of the same people. So, you know, we don't have to per se agree on the same things, but we all have to agree to say, Hey, look, I can tell you what I believe. And this is what I think is right. And, and you can concede, hey, look, this is how I feel about it. And you say, that's OK, though. You know, and I, and I think as long as what I'm saying is not, you know, and I think as long as what I'm saying is not contributing to the death or lack of for you, then that should be fine. And some people may say, but how black men feel is. And I'm and what I'm telling you is. For me to be an autonomous human being, I have to have viewpoints that are going to differ from yours. And the minute I think exactly how you think, I'm no longer myself. I am who you want me to be. And nobody was put here to be who you want them to be. They're who they are. But they can grow. They can grow. They can learn. But you have to understand that just because you feel this way does not mean that it is the correct way, that it is the only way you know just because you've told me that this is what you believe does not mean that it's true it just means it's your perspective like you're saying
1: and you know we're both men right so we're going to speak from different perspectives but we're both yeah. are going to speak from a perspective that will that more men would probably agree with us than the, the yes. women um the the part the part that i always want to um uh, keep on the forefront is that open dialogue between men is going to make things better. Open dialogue between women is going to make things better. If we are able to be around each other, communicate with each other, learn from each other, that will allow us to go back to our personal relationships or our friend relationships and, and create a better atmosphere. For example, you may learn something from me i may tell you something about being a a father or being a mother that oh excuse me being a father or being a husband that doesn't mean that you're going to go do that it may just give you insight to something that can help you form a process that works for you exactly. instead of walking into every every single thing blindly right so my dad so when i learn from you and i say oh man you know this brother he's dating a woman he told me about an experience that he had i had a very similar experience with my wife but i didn't know how to handle it oh this is how he handled it i'm going to try something in that same approach and and there you go you learn from that and and that's how things need to be but we've never had that we don't share, exactly. we don't share a lot about our personal lives especially not our 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 relationships and I don't want to use this term our women in the sense of ownership but I want to say our relationships with women um, Yes, you know because we don't like to paint the picture of our spouses or our partners in a non positive light
0: yes of course because there's a perception of you know black women that was created by us and created by media of them being difficult but I, I think to piggyback off that to undo some of what we've been conditioned, there's going to have to be difficult conversations. But I think what I think about these conversations is they have to happen in small pockets. I think the more people that gets involved, the the more the message and the purpose of it gets diluted. When too many people get involved, people get to doing things for attention. But just a conversation with a black man that you respect or that you you feel, you know, that you can grow with or whatever. I think those conversations help. And I think it's important to understand the purpose of the conversation is not to confirm what you already believe about them, is to be, what can I, what didn't I know about this person that I now know? What perspective have I missed? Because I've been, you know, we listen to have people confirm what we believe. Or sometimes we listen to argue. But to actively listen and say, well, how does this person view life? And then while we're listening say, Even if this isn't how I view, this may still be valid. It just may not work for me, but this doesn't mean that it's any less valid. We too often, if it does not correspond to how we view life, it's wrong. You know, we talked about it a lot, you know, with people's religious, uh, spiritual, political views. If they don't conform to a certain group thought, then it's considered wrong. And it just may not be. It just may not be what works for you and what you want to do, but it may work for them
1: you know and before we wrap this up because i do yeah. want to dig into this a lot more the next time we get together is how we are portraying ourselves on social media which i think is very important and trying to have a conversation on social media is almost impossible
0: it is and, it is
1: and we both went to uh we both went to the same college fort valley state university um you know great great establishment we have was. great relationships with people from our school and some of us know each other well enough to not respond the way that we do to each other on social media but yeah because it is a great platform for di- different you know social sites twitter instagram facebook because it is a platform for everyone to be able to voice how they feel it turns into a A contest of well who is more right yep
0: and you know i think the unfortunate thing is people are more concerned with promoting themselves as as a moral leader or a civil leader than having a civil discourse like you know like i was speaking the other day to kind of just sum it up i know people personally that have had conversations with me and can have conversations with me but when we put them on a public platform the mindset becomes all right well this is my chance to show you know where i'm at or how i view life and possibly show someone up and that is how you know that certain conversations cannot be had because social media has polluted the the playing field so to say so that's why i say privately or just in our own silos we have to make an effort you know i say this to black women when you have conversations with black men Tell them how you feel. Tell them what you think they need to work on. But when they tell you how they view life, do not look at how they view life as foreign. It's just not something that you've been accustomed to having to view, but that doesn't make it any less valid. That just makes it their lived experience, just like your experience is your lived experience, and it doesn't make it necessarily valid for him. It's about understanding where people come from, seeing what you can glean from it, and then from there taking parts of it to work on
1: yeah man and i'm I'm so glad that we started well where we started and where we're ending right now on this particular topic because the next time we get together, I want to really dig deep into how uh the the age that we're in uh particularly our generation, how we transition from an analog state for lack of a better term to the digital world, and how um uh, it and how it has impacted us as black men how it has impacted our community as black men black women um even our the younger generation um it, i just really would like to dig into that man i'm so appreciative that we had this time to be able to get together and talk and and continue on to this path of, of not just being better for you and i but being better for the people we know and all of our communities
0: i agree and man i just i cannot wait for us to continue this series so with that being said though we're gonna go ahead and, and leave you all this evening thank you all for having us until next till next time